0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest,
2: Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley.
3: Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I am a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada and who's worked in the U.S. And since I retired from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is conquering attention deficit hyperactivity disorder without Ritalin. Now just a quick word on what everybody calls ADHD, because it's so difficult to say, what it actually is. Well, it's a condition that causes... In children and adults, lack of attention, hyperactivity, impulsive behavior, and it may also be accompanied by things like sleeping difficulties, learning disabilities, behavior problems, and mental health conditions such as depression or. It affects about 3 to 5% of school aged children. It's diagnosed much more often in boys than in girls. And it's treated with either or both behavior therapy, which is what we're going to talk about in this episode, or medications such as Ritalin, which can be habit-forming and can have unpleasant, very unpleasant side effects such as chest pain, shortness of breath, excessive tiredness, or slow or difficult speech. Now, this is one. the problems with medication are one reason, and only one reason, why behavior therapy is becoming more and more important. And to talk about behavior therapy and her programs, our guest is Nikki. Van Valkenburg. Nikki is the author of Train Your Brain, Transform Your Life, Conquer Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder in 60 Days Without Ritalin. Her book was selected as Best Self-Improvement Book of 2011 by the Moms Choice Awards in Chesapeake, Virginia. It was also a finalist in the Reader's Favorite Awards in USA today Book Awards. Nikki has a master's degree in journalism from Regent University and a bachelor's degree in psychology from Eastern Europe Eastern University. She's a motivational writer with 20 years experience writing for newspapers and magazines. She's a contributing e- writer for Upstate Parent, Low Country Parent and Palmetto Parent magazines all of which are published in South Carolina with a circulation of a quarter of a million people and also she's the director of a website called Train Your Brain Transform Your Life which spotlights her book and the 60-day brain training program uh, she offers for ADHD. So after all that welcome to the show Nikki
4: Hi, Dr. Gordon. So nice. Thank you for that introduction.
3: (laughs) Ah, You're very welcome. Now, I'm going to hand over to you because, first of all, I want you to tell us please about your new book, and especially as it relates to ADHD. And on the way, could you please tell us who the readers are that it's addressed to? Nikki?
4: Okay. Well, my book describes a way to conquer ADHD uh, attention deficit, ac- attention deficit disorder with or without hyperactivity in 60 days. And it's called ADHD, and most people take prescription medicines such as Ritalin, Adderall, stratura concerta, but there's another way to tackle attention deficit uh, without taking drugs, and this is brain training. And my book describes a method of brain training that's currently used in clinics across the country. It's very popular, and it's clinically tested and very effective, but now you can do it in your own home. You can train your brain to conquer ADHD at home, which saves you time, energy, and money.
3: Nikki, I want to come to your personal experience with brain training for ADHD. Please tell us what your personal experience has been and a little bit about how you came to be involved with brain training for ADHD in the first place.
4: Well, I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder while I was working on my master's degree. At the time, I was studying journalism and counseling, and I was making very good grades and enjoying school. But there were a few classes that I just wasn't crazy about. Uh, For instance, I took a class in behavioral statistics, and it required me to memorize a lot of equations and number crunching formulas. And it was just all very overwhelming and confusing to me. And I tried to compensate and find a way to make things work, like I would sit close to the front, I would be less distracted, or I also enjoy talking to the professor after class, uh, but sometimes it was still very difficult to plug in, and when a subject just didn't interest me, I would uh, start to daydream, I would start to doodle in my notebook, and uh, my eyes would glaze over, and then I would start thinking about other things. So it was really hard for me. My, my brain tended to zone out whenever I wasn't getting enough stimulation and uh I finally i just got to the point where you know i had to i had to do well in this class i had to graduate um so i went to my doctor and i asked for a prescription for ritalin And, uh, I got, I got the prescription very easily. And when I first started taking, uh, the medicine, it worked, it worked marvelously. It, it just uh, helped me to read at turbo speed. I just could whip through my assignments. And, uh, it was, it was just wonderful when the medicine was working. But when it, when it wore off, I just came crashing down. You know, they say what comes up must come down. Well, uh, when, when the medicine wore off, uh, I would feel incredibly sad and depressed. Often there were tears in my eyes. And, you know, I still had more more schoolwork and assignments to do. There was still work sitting on my desk. And, of course, I could take another pill, but that would get me up again. And, and uh, it was just kind of became uh, a vicious cycle. They, they call it rebounding. And another side effect that I had was that my mind got stuck in a continuous loop, like dreaming about the same thing over and over again kind of like if you have a CD that's scratched or damaged and you put it in your CD player, but your music gets stuck at a certain place and the same section repeats itself. Well, that's kind of what happened to me when the Ridlin wore off. It was kind of a strange withdrawal or rebound experience and i found myself checking my assignments you know did i really do the work or was it unfinished and i just i was kind of in this in this looping type tendency but i got to the point where i just said uh no more ridland this is enough the side effects were getting more and more bizarre And I felt like I was kind of on a roller coaster, and there had to be a better way. And I was just tired of going to the doctor for and the pharmacy for refills and then constantly paying the co-payment. It was just time-consuming and expensive. Plus, I wasn't getting any better. I was sedated, but I wasn't cured. And the medication took care of my ADHD symptoms, but when it wore off, I was back to square one, and nothing had changed so i I finally I just got off the medicine, and I just read everything that I could possibly find on this subject of a d h d on brain power, and I even read um, college textbooks about the brain, trying to figure things out. And I graduated, uh, I got my master's degree and uh, it wasn't until 15 years later that uh, I, I, a friend of mine called and told me about this brain training machine and uh, that's, when, that's when I tried the machine for the first time.
3: Nikki, first of all, thank you for being so open with us about your personal experience. We're, I very much respect you for the way in which you've described this to us. So let me just ask you again another question about your book. Is that experience that you've just described to us now also written about in your book?
4: Yes, it's in in the first chapter. And uh, if anyone's listening and they'd like to read it, they can just come to my website. It's uh, www.trainyourbraintransformyourlife.com and you can read the first chapter there for free.
3: Right. Now, it, you say that it, it took 15 years after you graduated, and congratulations on that, by the way, um, and before you came across brain training. just We're going to go into a break in a couple of minutes, but just tell us a, a little bit quickly about the way in which you got into the brain training how you started in it and just just what it did for you at least initially Right.
4: Well, it's, it's really a fascinating system. Uh, my, my friend told me about it and he had really bad ADHD. And, uh, he said, he said, Nikki, it's, it's like I'm getting the positive effect of Ritalin without swallowing these pills and I can read better, concentrate and focus, listen to speakers and remember everything. It's like I can, I can conquer ADHD lying flat on my back with my eyes closed. And as I was just so funny hearing him talk like this, so I went to a website and they basically had a little picture of the device. At the time, there was nothing hardly written on it. The the literature was very scientific and it it gave technical descriptions, but there were no practical um, you know benefits oriented type writing or personal testimonials that I could find. That kind of uh, but it, I was still I was still so curious by my friend's testimony. Testimony. So, I bought one of these machines. Um, it, they, they retail for about $330, and they're manufactured in Canada. And um, basically, it's a set of eyeglasses, some headphones, and a little control box with pre programmed sessions. And what you do, you put on the glasses and the headphones, and you cover up with a blanket, and you lay back in your bed, and you just start the first session. And what you see are some mild flashing lights and some heartbeat sounds. And it seems kind of odd, but uh, you only hear it for a few seconds, and then you kind of have a feeling of going under like with an anesthetic. And then you just relax so deeply that you fall asleep or you just have a feeling of kind of going under. And this rhythm that you're seeing and hearing, uh, this is the rhythm of peak performance. Uh, the scientific name for it is the sensory motor rhythm. And it's the rhythm of a person who's optimally listening, focusing, tuning out distractions, getting organized, and uh, getting things done. So the scientists have found this brainwave rhythm, and by listening to it and seeing it, you're actually practicing the rhythm. And it's like they say, practice makes perfect, and repetition builds mastery. So by doing these sessions every day, they're just 22 minutes, um, you do one session five times, and then you go on to the next one. And then you do the next one five times, and then you go on to the next one. You do that five times. So you keep going until the end of 60 days. Then you ha- will have completed all 12 sessions. And the machine also has some additional sessions just for just for fun or recreation. And um, by the end of that, you'll just notice the significant difference and your ability to read and to remember—that uh, you'll have better retention, you'll be better organized, you'll—you'll uh, you'll be have less procrastination. Uh, just, just so many things in your life will change, and I know it has for me. It's truly a remarkable right. program.
3: Nikki, I'm going to just stop you at that point because okay. we have to go into the break and take the room pay the rent that we're coming back because this is uh, a vitally important story that you're telling us. So this is Dr. Gordon Adley and my guest is Nikki Van Valkenburg. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back.
0: To awaken and activate the body's healing mechanisms, your emotions and thought patterns must be addressed and aligned with your truth. These concepts are discussed in detail on The Light Within, Awakening the Inner Healer with host Joan Jacobs. We'll introduce you to a new way to interpret and address your body's language of symptoms and how to turn disease into a platform of profound personal growth. Tune in to The Light Within every Monday at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane
0: right here on the 7th Wave Network. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's one 472 5787 Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Help, you know I need someone.
2: Help! You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
3: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. and am from Valkenburg. Our topic is Conquering Attention Deficit Hyperact disorder without Ritalin. So let's talk now, Nikki, about ADHD and the challenges uh, that are created for people with the condition and for their family caregivers. Because as you know, this, this show is aimed at family caregivers. So let's look at this condition from their perspective. So first of all, what are the principal challenges that ADHD brings to children and to adults?
4: Well, if you suspect that you have ADhD uh, let me let me just quickly review some of the symptoms and uh, We could call these challenges if you like. Uh, one of them is is poor concentration that you 're like a light switch, and you 're just turned off whenever something is boring, too complicated, or hard to understand. Uh, You just don't have enough of a boost to focus and stay on track. So unless something interests you, it's really hard to concentrate and focus. Uh, Another challenge is distraction. Uh, Like I said, if something doesn't capture your attention, then you tune out. You start thinking about other things. Part of the problem is a lack of stimulation. If you don't have enough stimulation or arousal, then your thoughts will be elsewhere. Uh, another problem or challenge is disorganization, being all over the place and scattered, having a messy workplace, or uh, losing or misplacing things, getting organized. That, that can be so difficult, or coming up with a game plan for getting things done. And sometimes people with ADHD just put things off and procrastinate because they feel so overwhelmed. Another challenge for ADHD is restlessness, having a low tolerance for boredom. I see this so often with uh, being with friends, uh, just waiting in line, that that's pure torture or listening to a boring speaker. You just want to get up and leave, and you prefer sound bites uh, to long-winded explanations. And sometimes your mind just chatters or races, which distracts you from getting things done. And restlessness may also be evident if you can't sit still, you're tapping your fingers on your feet, or if you have a lot on your mind, that you're wound up, wide awake, you can't sleep. Those are all signs of restless energy. Uh, Another challenge is... uh, Carry on. Oh, I'm sorry. Carry on.
3: No, you carry on, please.
4: Okay, well, um, another sign is low arousal and uh, not being able to get into gear. And feeling bored or apathetic, and for some reason you have trouble starting projects, switching between activities, or finishing your work. And if something doesn't interest or challenge you, then you might as well forget it. I I really like uh, that that symptom, and you know um, Albert Einstein. He, in fact, uh, was, people always, uh, diagnosed him with attention deficit disorder, but long before the term was ever used, because he wasn't a very good student in school. He refused to do his assignments. He sat with his arms folded, or he would doodle in his journal. And, uh, basically what it was is that the classwork didn't challenge him. It didn't interest him. It didn't, uh, Give give him any motivation to do it because he thought it was well unimportant or boring or uh, not challenging. So that yeah. that could be a sign of maybe some higher intelligence uh, not not having enough arousal to get into gear. And you yep. see it a lot of times today. People that drink a lot of coffee or they're drinking energy drinks, they're drinking these amps or uh, the monster drinks, and just an attempt to get up because you feel kind of sluggish. You can't get into gear. That's slow arousal.
3: Nikki, you're right in the way you um, use the word signs and warning signs and things like that. You're absolutely right. I use the word challenge only in the sense that um, I don't like the medical terminology and this is not a criticism of you this is saying that when a family for example has a child with these sorts of things they're struggling with challenges to the child to the family um, and they all come from these warning signs, these signs mm. that you've just described. Uh, so we're not at cross-purposes over that one, it's just my particular way of wanting to sort of bring out things that are important. Now let's talk now from the perspective of family caregivers. Um, now I'm going to ask you a personal question and don't answer if it, if it's not okay, <laughs> but was were your parents, was your mother um, involved in your initial times with ADHD that you were describing to us?
4: Well, I, I, I think I did have some. I'm pretty sure that I had ADHD growing up, and it's a little bit embarrassing to admit it. Uh, my, my dad is an engineer, and he's a very scientific, uh, mechanical type of person. And then my mom is somewhat of an artist uh... she went to fashion illustration school and always drawing and painting so i don't know where it comes from but that's the way i am i guess
3: (laughs) yeah what would you think would be the challenges in any family like yours uh... with any child with the signs and symptoms that you went through what would be the principal challenges that they would experience
4: well i I I know it's so frustrating. Uh I and I have taught school and you see these children that are just bored in the classroom and they they need some extra stimulation. They need some they need a little bit of personal attention or they need to get out of this rut where their eyes are glazed over and they just can't seem to get into gear and focus and pay attention. They need some one-on-one, and they also need something to turn on their brain power. And ADHD, it really, the way I like to think about it is like a sleeping giant. Now, if you can awaken that sleeping giant uh, by finding something that the child or adult is really interested in, that the ADHD will disappear. You see it with children when they play video games. They have laser-like focus. Their eyes are on that screen. They're, they're knocking out uh, opponents and, and jumping over all kinds of hurdles, and they have amazing attention when, when, they, when they're into this game, when they're enjoying the game, and they, that they, their passion is turned on. And I think that any child can find that when they find their gift, when they find some sort of subject or or a way that really interests them they can awaken that sleeping giant and that's when ADHD can be conquered
3: right now I want to now switch to the brain training program now first of all I want to you please ask you to be uh, make clear to me um, the program that you are talking about and that you're involved in delivering please describe that in other words let's talk about your brain training program and how that addresses the kind of challenges you've been looking for but first of all am i right in saying this is your brain training program that we're going to be talking about is that right
4: well it's it's uh on my website i have my book and then i sell this brain training program it's actually manufactured in canada by the Mind Alive Company, and I am a licensed distributor for Mind Alive. Uh, I had to I had to get a uh, take an exam and do their courses and become certified in order to sell the machine. I didn't invent the machine. Uh, the The machine was developed by a school psychologist named Michael Joyce, and uh, his his partner is the director of the Mind Alive company, David Seaver, and they're in Alberta, and they've been selling this machine now for ten years. They sell a variety of machines. And uh, they even got a, a government patent on it, and it's, uh, it's licensed through Health Canada. So uh, right. it's, it's, it's getting some more attention nowadays.
3: So it's your program in the sense that you're the one that uh, is responsible for... Um, basically providing it to people, I suppose in a way selling it to people and instructing people on how to use it. Um, And therefore, I'm going to continue to call it your program because (laughs) it's your work. (laughs) Okay. Now, let me ask you this question. What do you look for? to see how well the program is working and in a situation where a family's taken it the child is using Mm -hmm. it what are the things you look out for where you're able to say yes it's working
4: right that that's a question that I really asked myself a lot when I wrote this book and you know when when the machine is used in a clinical setting what they do is before uh, using the machine they'll give the Tova they'll give the Connors they'll give Uh, a a variety of battery tests they'll test you before using the machine and then 60 days after using the machine and they'll look for an improvement in these test scores and a variety of scales while using the machine at home we can't do that right it's a little bit more challenging but what i have is in my book we've used anna wise's stages of relaxation and there are six stages and uh like a zero, when you first start using the machine, you might be saying something like, Oh, how much longer are we done yet? Is it time for lunch? Uh, is, is this gonna take all my whole day? Just, you know, that type of comments. But it, the, uh, the, the scales from zero to six. So a one might be starting to notice um, a feeling of going under an anesthetic, uh, a feeling of deep relaxation, and these stages become more and more intense. And a six, uh, the, the final stage, is what you will have accomplished by the end of the program. When you use this machine, you'll have a feeling of bliss, You'll have a feeling of of letting go. Uh, you'll have a feeling that your problems are no longer these huge mountains that you saw them as before, but but they're uh, they're just challenges, and they're things that um, are not worth getting bent out of shape about. You'll you'll have an increased awareness, and you'll feel less anxious and. and angry and frustrated. So those are the six stages that we have. But you'll also notice little changes. You'll notice that it's easier to read and to remember. You'll notice a difference in your uh, distractions, that you're more on task. Um, I've had people tell me things that uh, they, they sleep better through the night or that they uh, get through books quicker. Or they'll read a whole chapter without feeling the urge to stand up and, and um, get something to drink or something like that. So you, you'll notice little changes. But in my book, I, di- I did put the six stages uh, from Anna Wise's book to right. to through your landmarks.
3: Yeah, um, I'm going to take break now because i want to come back and ask you more questions uh, about the way in which this program addresses the challenges you've already begun that and you've been very clear about that and this is so important that i want to dwell on that a little bit but as i say the tyranny of the break is upon us and <laughs> so we ha- we need to take it uh, okay. so this is dr gordon ashley my guest is nikki van Falkenberg you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel please stay tuned we are definitely coming back
2: Find out which guests are being featured this week read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts go to iradioblog.com today powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network
0: Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know, I need someone.
2: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
3: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Uh, and am Nikki Van Valkenburg. Our topic is Conquering Attention Deficit Hyperactivity disorder without Ritalin. Now I want to ask you about the Ritalin Um, and first of all what are the challenges of ADHD um, that Ritalin seeks to deal with or maybe medications generally and then, please, I want to talk about how those things can be dealt with without the medications. Now, I know that sounds complicated, so let's break it down a bit. Now, first of all, what do the brain training programs, your brain training program, do to the brain with that's affected by ADHD?
4: Okay. Well, I, that that's a question, too, that I asked in the book and in my research. Uh, basically there are six things that the brain training program does. The, the main thing it does is that it stimulates and arouses the brain. Uh, ADHD has been found to be a problem of low arousal, uh, particularly in the low front, the prefrontal cortex of the brain and that people with ADHD have low arousal. So the the machine stimulates and arouses the brain and boosts your ability uh, to pay attention. The second thing it does is, is that it, it stabilizes the tempo of your brain waves. With ADHD, your brain waves may be too fast, they may be hyperactive, or they may be too slow that they're sluggish but uh the 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 machine the system attempts to stabilize that tempo, so it 's even keeled and again, like i said the the rhythm of peak performance uh, that that is the rhythm that you 'll be seeing and hearing while using the machine it 's called the sensory motor rhythm. So you'll replace your ADD with this rhythm of peak performance and then those neural pathways in the brain, uh, for ADHD will no longer be used. So instead of, in your brain, instead of going the route of, of being distracted or, uh, procrastinating, feeling overwhelmed, being disorganized, your brain will go in this other path and it's kind of like uh walking in the woods the first time you walk in the woods there'll be a lot of weeds and and things coming up out of the ground but each time that you walk there you're paving that soil you're paving that ground and then when you come back you're you're kind of uh your that path is becoming more and more clear and w- with the brain training too you're making that path in the brain for peak performance and then that ADHD is no longer used Another thing the machine does is that it gives you a boost of electrochemical communication in the brain. And we found, researchers have found that ADHD is a matter of low dopamine and low serotonin, and actually that's what Ritalin does. Ritalin gives you a boost of dopamine, but the problem with that is, is that if you take the medicine, that your brain can become lazy, and your brain thinks, I don't have to produce this dopamine because the supply is coming right away, so the brain gets kind of lazy, but the machine teaches you a different route, and that it encourages your brain to naturally produce the serotonin and dopamine, it naturally increases blood flow to the brain, it increases oxygen to the brain, and it also lowers your stress hormones in the blood, like cortisol, adrenaline, and insulin. You'll relax so deeply that your stress hormones will actually decrease. So that's the real beauty of the program.
3: Now, you, you did explain to us before your own experience with Ritalin and why in the end you gave it up. Um, just let's go back over that again very quickly in relation to what you've just been talking about. And really what I'm asking you is why do the brain training programs help more than the Ritalins and the medications? What's the secret really that makes that difference?
4: Well, um, okay, well, Ritalin, Ritalin, there's three ways that Ritalin stimulates the brain, and it doesn't matter if it's Ritalin, Adderall, Concerta. All of these drugs are amphetamines, and they're all kind of in the same uh, pharmaceutical group. And the the three things that ADHD do, drugs do is, number one, they boost neurotransmitters in the brain. They boost that, that serotonin and dopamine. Uh, they speed up slow brain waves. Uh, the people with ADHD have slower brain waves. Their brain waves tend to be a little bit sluggish, or they tend to be hyperactive. And, uh, either way, a Ritalin speeds up the, the brain waves. And that makes it easier for you to write and read, remember, get your work done. And the third thing that Ritalin does is it boosts arousal in the brain. And um, that's ADHD is a matter of your brain not getting enough stimulation, and your brain just craves craves that stimulation so that you can get into gear, and that's the reason why people are so often bored or procrastinate. They have a sleepy brain, and that's that that theory. It's called low arousal theory, and that's been generally accepted in the medical community as a driving force behind ADHD. It's called low arousal social theory and uh that's the reason why uh, Ritalin works is that it boosts arousal in the brain. Now, the um, the brain training machine does these same things, but you, you might ask, well, if Ritalin does those things, you know, why not just take Ritalin? It's, it's just a pill. Well, the, the problem with, with taking Ritalin is that, like I said, it's an amphetamine and that it's it sedates you, but it doesn't make any permanent lasting changes in the brain. And even, Even pro-Ritalin advocates have admitted this, that uh, any positive results that you experience from Ritalin will disappear once your last pill is taken. And there's also terrible side effects. Um, It causes your heart to beat faster. It causes your arteries to contract and and, uh, that that, uh, can cause heart problems. And in some cases it's even caused, uh, you know, stunts in growth, even premature death, which is really kind of a scary thing.
3: Right. Now, I'm going to put the leading question to you. What I'm understanding is this, that stimulation is important, vital probably, in the treatment of ADHD. Um, The brain training programs produce it in a natural kind of way, whereas the medications produce it in... Obviously, a drug kind of way, and the effects. Where are for people get addicted to those medications, whereas the natural way um, makes changes that last. Is that right? Yes. Have I understood? Yes, ex-
4: exactly, Doctor Gordon. And you know, this this rhythm, this rhythm that you're seeing and hearing with this brain training program, uh, this was actually discovered by a UCLA medical professor. Uh, His name is Dr. Barry Sturman. He's still teaching at UCLA today. But uh, if you have him in, I could tell the story about that, how the rhythm was discovered.
3: Yes. Okay, I'm not RA. being rude. You have to be fairly quick because we're going to go into okay. a break. But please go ahead. Go ahead.
4: Uh, all right. Well, uh, this this uh, Dr. Sturman was working in his lab, and most psychologists work with mice, but his subjects were feral cats. They were cats that were born in the wild outside who never had any human contact. Well, he gathered these cats and he he brought them in his lab, and he found a sound waves sound waves that affected the brain and caused changes in the brain and actually it caused these feral cats uh, to become very calm and docile and they allowed themselves to be petted and handled and the, the cats they even allowed they, they ignored the distraction of food and water when they heard these sound waves so he conditioned these cats to have these behavioral changes, and uh, they, they gradually became accustomed to human contact using these sound waves. And he called this this rhythm the sensory motor rhythm because it affected the sensory motor part of the brain. Now, Dr. Sturman had a lab assistant named Margaret Fairbanks, and she came to Dr. Sturman one day, and she said, Dr. Sturman, I saw what you did with those cats. Do you think you could test that rhythm on me? You see, I have a medical condition and I can't get my driver's license. In California, uh, you can't get your driver's license if you have epilepsy, which she had. And, uh, she said, I'll be your guinea pig. Will you just test that rhythm on me? And he said, okay, I won't make any promises, but let's go ahead. So he worked with her every day, practicing hearing and seeing this rhythm. And they did it for 30 days and they did it for 60 days. And then he said, all right, you've, you've done the work. Now go back to your doctor and, and have him check you out. So she went back to her doctor and she did the MRIs and all those medical tests. And the doctor said, this is amazing. You don't have epilepsy anymore. And they went over the results, and it was just a phenomenal thing. And that day uh, she, she got a statement from her doctor. She went to the DMV and her, got her driver's license that day. And it was such a wonderful thing because before she had to be uh, getting rides from her husband or her neighbors to go to work in the grocery store. And now she had her independence. She had her driver's license. So that was kind of a landmark thing. And then people from all over the country started coming to Dr. Sturman saying, hey, can you help me with my epilepsy? I want to be cured of epilepsy. So he he started doing research on these epileptics and um, published that in all kinds of medical journals. And then researchers started to say, well, if he can do that with these cats, if he can do that with epilepsy, what can he do with ADHD? Let's test this rhythm on ADHD. And then Dr. Sturman met with uh, these two psychology professors at the University of Tennessee, Joel and Judith Lubar, and they continue to test the rhythm and fine-tune the protocol for ADHD. And they, they did a lot of, a ton of studies. And uh, that's how the, the rhythm started to spread, this protocol. And today it's used in brain training clinics all across the country. It's immensely popular. But with the brain training system that I sell, you can do it in your own home you can do about it at it. home without ever stepping foot in a clinic
3: great that's wonderful and we're going to stop now for the break at this particular point but we're going to go on talking about this sort of what, what you've just been describing and the way and the imp- it works and the importance of it so let's go to the break uh, this is Dr. Gordon Atley, and my guest is Nikki van Valkenburg you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel we're coming back <music>
1: The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
0: Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer join host Kim tibaldo president and CEO of the wellness community Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m Pacific time and 4 p.m Eastern time on the voice America health and Wellness Network news and Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need
2: someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to G at mymonami.com. That's doc letter G at m y m o n a m i dot com. Now back to Family Caregivers Unite.
3: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. And Nikki van Valkenburg, our topic is conquering attention deficit hyperactivity disorder without Ritalin. Now I want to talk more about the implications of brain training for persons with the condition, their family caregivers and for the healthcare system. So I'm going to ask you a leading question in a way. How well do you find that community based professionals like clinical psychologists, physicians and nurses understand the role of brain training programs and do they need more information? And are they more likely, do you think, to recommend brain training programs as an alternative to medications like Ritalin? Big question. What do you think?
4: Well, um, the, the the research that I've described here that it's been widely written about in in uh, journals like the Journal of Neurotherapy, uh, journals on epilepsy. Uh, journals on, uh, on brain. the public. The public doesn't know hardly anything about that, and neither do most medical providers. And uh, caretakers, even psychologists, I think that the problem is is that there's so much money to be made with drugs, and that's been the standard way for such a long time that that just the, the natural these natural approaches uh, are often overlooked. However, the tide is changing. Uh, there are there are a lot of uh, brain training programs on the market. Mine is not the only one, by the way. Uh, there's computer software out there and you could pick up your phone book and probably find a brain balance clinic in your neighborhood or a neurotherapy clinic or uh, some sort of brain training that's done locally. So so it is out there. Uh, sometimes you just have to look for it to
3: find it. Okay, good. Now, I'm going to ask you um, a broad question now. Do brain training and am- Medication free programs offer a new direction for healthcare and the way it approaches ADHD. And if it does, how will the situation that you've described be changed? And the situation you've described is yes, the experts, yes, the specialists, yes, the people who work in the field know about it, but the run of the mill, the general healthcare professionals, like I used to be, probably aren't well enough informed and need to be better informed. So right. what does all this mean for the healthcare system?
4: Well, you, you see a lot that the, the tide really is changing and people like Dr. Daniel Amen with change your brain, change your life, change your brain, change your body. He has all those books and he has his specials on PBS. And so I think it is coming more and more into the to the mainstream media, and there's just so many books and journal articles out there that recommend brain training instead of drugs. Many of these books and journals are written by medical doctors, by neuroscientists, psychologists, and psychiatrists, and there's a real small but steady scientific community who recommends brain training instead of drugs. And even the Scientific American magazine, uh, they suggested that brain training for ADHD can be just as effective as stimulant medication, but that this approach requires more patience and effort.
3: Nikki, I just want to make a comment back to you about that. That in other fields, or what I'm going to call mental health conditions, um, there is a, another movement that's looking for things other than medications. Um, and I think. What you've been talking to us about is part of that broad movement. The, it isn't a movement that says all medications are wrong. What it's saying is there are alternatives which are better, more natural, more helpful, and therefore overall better for the quality of life of the people who need the treatments. Now, do you agree with me on that point?
4: Oh, yes, right. Yeah. there's there's a chapter in my book on brain plasticity, and uh people used to say uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And that the brain uh, the, you you have the brain that you were born with, and your brain continues to grow and develop until you de- reach a certain age, and it's all downhill from there. But scientists are are finding out now, and they're looking at MRIs and things like that, and finding that the brain is plastic. Or it's, that doesn't mean that it's made out of silly putty or some <laughs> sort of squishy component, but, but that your brain is, has the capacity to change, to grow and to develop from birth right on to old age. And my book even cited studies of, there's one of a a college professor, he had a stroke and uh, the doctor said that he had to be institutionalized. And, uh, his son was, uh, studying neurology at the time and, uh, what he did is he, he would have him crawl on the floor and, uh, go outside in the yard and, and he, he was, he was basically, uh, he had a stroke and he was so, Incapacitated, that he had to be lifted on and off the toilet. He had to, you know, be helped on and off a wheelchair. But his his father, his son said, uh, "Not my father. My father is going to overcome this disability, and I'm going to train his brain so that he can be normal again." And so against the advice of the doctors who said, uh, just, just let him be and just give him medicine and he'll be fine, uh, he, he decided to rehabilitate him. He taught him how to scrub pots and how to stack stack things up and, and all this manual work, constantly drilling with his hands. And he even put him outside in the yard, in the garden, and the neighbors looked outside and said, look, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing to his father. His poor father. He just had a stroke, let the man rest. This is cruel and heartless and and the the son continued to say, No, no, I want to rehabilitate him. This is good for him it's good for him to learn how to crawl and to have this sunshine and to explore ways that we can help him to, to return to society. So he really took a, a change, a really a different route. but what ultimately happened was that the professor learned to speak again, he learned to crawl, he learned to walk, and he eventually he went back to teaching college again, which was a miracle, and uh, he even he got remarried. His first wife had passed away, and he, he found a new lady, and he got remarried. So it was just a wonderful success story, and there are many success stories like that in, in uh, the brain plasticity chapter of my book.
3: Nicky, what, what you're giving us is a sense of hope, isn't it, that medications don't provide the cure or the solution but the kind of things you've been talking about plus the human brain plus the human will and plus people, family caregivers, who will provide the support and encouragement when it's needed, all of those things give the hope and represent a big and important future for the treatment, the care, the therapy of diseases like ADHD and maybe others as well. Now again, that's a statement but it's really a question. Do you agree with me?
4: Yes, brain training is a way to rehabilitate the brain and it's a way to restore the natural cognitive function of the brain and like we said it doesn't involve drugs or surgery but instead using the brain's natural electricity to bring about changes and as we train our brains, these weak parts of the brain can become stronger and more resilient, and the electrochemical communication in the brain, the wiring and firing, can become stronger and more efficient, and any faulty brain wiring is eventually replaced with a, a new brain map. And uh, just it just goes to show that uh, the brain is like a muscle. Uh, the brain is like a muscle. Uh, if If you use it... Are we out
3: of time? <laughs> yes, I'm afraid we are.
4: Oh, okay, I,
3: well... <laughs> I just want to come back to you very quickly and say, first of all, um, congratulations on what you're doing, congratulations on what you've chi- achieved, every success with your brain training program because it's important. Now, thank you to our listeners. Please email us with comments and questions which I'll be happy to pass on to Nikki. And Nikki, I want to again wish every success in your work because it's inspirational so take care of yourself and keep going now in our next episode we'll be talking about shifting a caregiving crisis to comfort please join us same time same spot on the internet
2: thank you again for joining us this week for family caregivers unite
3: with your host
2: dr gordon atherley